So there's this family that I remember um, working with, you know, I had a student um, that I had taught in grade six and I remember just, in, you know, initially, you know, starting my relationship, you know, with, well, getting to know the student first, obviously, but then I suppose working with the family and, and you know, uh, the conversations to start with were quite challenging and, and I wanted to, I suppose, learn more and, um, and see what I could do to help not only the student but, but them and, and, and look. And then I suppose as a time went on, I'd figured out that that actually had some um, bad experiences with previous teachers and, and so getting them to actually open up to me was quite a challenge. Mm. Um, and I think I remember this one um, PSG or, you know, parent meeting and, and, and then eventually, you know, which ended up, uh, I think I'd said, you know, how they were going, you know, in terms of their English results and their maths results and, and then I brought out a, 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 a positive moment and something that had happened, you know, recently that was really fantastic, one of those aha moments. Mm -hmm. And this mum had just burst into tears oh and yeah. said that she hadn't had or heard of that aha moment, it was all just the results, the numbers. Mm -hmm. and and, you know, and, and then from then on, you know, I think from that moment of her seeing, uh, you know, how maybe invested I was, you know, mm. into to that, that partnership, she was, you know, opened up and we had, um, she'd not only just wait for those PSGs, you know, but we had regular communication, mm. she'd pop into the classroom, you know, we might email each other. Mm. And, you know, it was, I think by the end of the year it was really successful and, it, you know, it got to the point that even in Term 4, which I wasn't told to do but I wanted to do, was actually help set up that then relationship into oh the yeah. next, into high school. So, you know, I took Georgia to um, this, um, to the high school, mm. you know, the student and, and, and sat with her that day and helped her in and, and you know, and got the, the mother in later and, and I actually had some connections at that high school too. So what was really nice and I, I felt by, and even then I said, you know, if you need anything next year, like, please contact me, like this isn't, you know, isn't yep. it. And I just felt over that year that it was really successful partnership. Yeah. And, you know, some, some, I've been to another school and we got told not to have communication with parents, right. that pretty much it was, term by term and if we wanted to see them we had to book a time but okay. we couldn't you know contact them all that often if they had concerns we could book a time but you know and I found that really difficult mm. and I found that that went against everything that mm. that I'm about you know look my brother um, my brother has a disability and so I feel like my background um, you know in growing up with him and being part of it is that I have that empathy for other um, you know, for, for parents and their families mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that I'm really wanting to work with them. But I feel like, look, I, I'm not a parent of a child with a disability, mm. but because I have that in my family and that I want to protect him and, you know, he's my family, that 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 I want to transfer that into my working, you know, into my career with my students and make that difference, you know, yeah. It's fantastic, the structural stuff. When, it, when it's good, so peer support group meetings and things like that that, that um, initially oblige you to have a um, dialogue with a family, yep. I think can be really powerful. They Some of the best relationships I've ever had with families have been of students with additional needs. And I think that's because in the first instance, there was a reason for us to yes, meet. There was yes. some, you know, some dialogue that needed to happen there. Um, and, and then it built on that. and. And it made 
everything a lot easier. I, I think um, uh, families' anxiety around how their children will respond to any given environment easily is read by students and children. Yep. And and if the parents aren't feeling comfortable with the environment, then students walk in, you know, already on edge, already worried about what what is this place that yep. my parents are yep. already scared of. Um, so having that positive relationship is important with every mm, family, mm, but every family. I, th I think even more so with families who are supporting um, students with additional needs. Yep. Uh, so we've got a, a big question again for today's topic, and that's um, how do you have the most effective conversations with families of students with additional needs? I think we highlighted the idea of effective, conver uh, effective conversations here yep. because um, you know, how, how do you make the most of that time? Everyone's got a limited amount of time. Exactly. How do, you, how do you make sure the time that you've got together is used in the most productive way? Yep, yep. No, I'd, I'd agree. And, and really just making sure that everybody has the chance to share, you know, what, yeah, what, what I suppose their needs are, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a teacher in the classroom or whether it's a parent, you know, about their child, but making sure they can kind of all be on the same page to get the similar, you know, what they want out of it yeah. for that year. Yep. So the article we want to look at today is one that I wrote a number of years ago for the Teacher Learning Network journal, it was titled The Year Before. And that's because I think there's a real opportunity there and, and it's an opportunity that you only really get once, mm. and that is to spend some time talking with the family in the year before you work with their yep. child. Um, that's because both of you get to come to that relationship without any sort of pre-existing notions of one another. Yep. So I can ask questions about how that student will be in my classroom without it seeming like a judgment, with, yep. well, with, with it seeming like less of a judgment. Yes. Um, because they're not... You know, the family isn't trying to second guess whether I've seen something that I'm asking about. It's just, it's an honest question and it allows you to be a little bit more honest about what you might ask. Yep. Um, and, and I think it's really, I think the families really appreciate it too because it sends a strong message that I'm not, I'm not entering this dialogue after encountering a problem. I want to enter the dialogue before anything comes up. Yep. Um, so in the article I talked about a few things. One is a sort of a paperwork process. A lot of times if you're... Um, working with a student with additional needs, there'll be some form of paperwork process yep. for funding or something like that. And again, I found it really useful um, to have that if, you know, a year before because yes. paperwork often comes from a really deficit point of view. It often comes from a what can't this student or child do? Yes. And that's really confronting to ask a family and it's yep. really confronting for them to answer. But again, if I'm asking it from a position of I know nothing about yes. the child, you know, and, and you can start asking some really fundamental, you know, um, can they hang up their own bag style questions, you, you get the opportunity to ask a series of questions for which the answer is yes. Yes. And and even in the process even in the process of filling out deficit related material, yep. it helps remind the family that there's a lot of stuff that their their child can do. And I, I found that really useful. I, it really changed the kind of discussion we had when I started to ask really low level questions and, and work up, you know, yes, if I start yes. at zero, okay, no, okay, they can do all that. What about here? Can they do all that? Yeah, they can do that. Yep. And, it, uh, you know, I could see that they were happier about the whole process um, when that happened. The other thing that I found really useful was um, um, giving the family some sort of resource about what they could expect in my class that they could share with their child yep. so that, um, 
you know, so in a, in a way, I was asking them to do some of my job for me, which yep. was how you know how to settle in um, this student into the room. And but they really appreciated that. You know, it wasn't like an imposition to ask them to do a job for me. They, they it made them really happy that they had the opportunity to help their students settle in so quickly. Yeah. Um, and and some of the most um, successful starts I've had were after doing a process like this. Um, so in the article, I talk about you know, giving a, a story that this family read with their child repeatedly. Yep. And the child, you know, then having arrived, seeing things went as mm. the story did, just mm. stroll, you know, and we were quite worried about how this child was going to react to yep. the whole situation. The child just strolled into the room, hi Max, and just went about their day. Oh. And, and it was a really successful year because yep. of a really successful start. Yep. And it really almost terrified me to think if we hadn't put all that in place, what kind of year could happened? we have had? Yep. It could have been entirely different. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking about you know w what you're saying and <laughs> and even just I suppose from a primary um, you know perspective mm -hmm. is unfortunately a lot of the time that you know we don't know which students are going to be in our class oh, until yeah. you know right to, like maybe the last week mm. or the last day of school. Mm. Um, but what would be fabulous if the, if that you know if there was a certain student you know that that this, that, that had been organised to cla which class they were in. You know, they're actually setting that relationship up, mm. you know, in, in during that term four, you yep. know, getting the student to be able to go into the classroom mm. and meet the teacher and have some time to actually mm. build up that rapport, yeah. I think would be fantastic. Yeah. And I said, particularly with the parents, yep. you know, I mean, that summer holidays for mm. a lot of students, well, for, for everybody, let alone students with some special needs but even the parents it can be a really stressful six weeks mm. and so if you can put some things in place like that mm. where it's proactive but then that student is quite settled mm. in the first week and and the parents not busting to chat with you the, the morning before mm. school starts or when can we see you when can we mm. have a time you know or you're not waiting until halfway through the term mm. to actually sit down with them so to have that relationship already built would be fantastic mm. and it's a pity because it's not an unachievable structural no. thing. It's just the structural things a lot of schools decide not to tackle. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, and where that could be really beneficial. Mm. So, yeah, oh, that, that, that sounds amazing. And, and to have that story for that child to be able mm. to read, you know, to, to lead into it would be excellent. Yep. Should we introduce our guests? Yes. So today we've got with us uh, Jane Hancock. Uh, she's a secondary school teacher who works with students with additional needs particularly. Um, thanks for joining us, Jane. Yes, thank nice you. Um, so can you tell us about um, your experience of working with parents um, of students with additional needs? How, what, what kind of strategies do you have to engage them with, with your school? Um, I was listening to you talking mm. about transition, yep. particularly. Um, our school has a very well organised process of transition, mm -hmm. which starts quite early, so it starts sort of almost midway through the year. And then students are able, prospective students or enrolled students yep. for the next year, for the year seven intake, um, uh, who will be in our learning support cohort, yep. um, are able to come in for a couple of days ahead of time. And um, they're able to prepare visual, you know, booklets mm. and whatever that child needs in order to get them well give them an expectation yep. for where the lockers are yep. where the canteen the important things mm. lockers and canteen mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the toilets and 
the classrooms and so on, allow them to walk around the school and um, they get to meet some of the senior boys as well and uh, so yes that starts quite early. I think that's important so that day one when they come in they're already feeling that they've been there and it's not an unknown quantity yet. And what about with the families? Do you, do you have a similar transition process with them? Um, we do, yes, we do. Um, there's liaison between um, this, our school and the primary school, mm -hmm. so attendance at PSGs leading up to, oh. yeah, leading up to year seven, yeah. yeah, yeah, so that the preparation begins the, you know, the end of the year before, not even at the end of the year before, but during the year before. Yeah. I'm not personally involved in that process, mm -hmm. it's another staff member who does that, but um, that way, and also we do have interviews um, at the beginning for intake at which we can ask um, a variety of questions, but mm -hmm. especially, you know, what are you good at? And of course, that will involve the prospective student and the parents. And I try to um, direct it at the student mm -hmm. too, as much as possible, and ask them, so what are you interested in? What are your strengths? Yep. You know, what are you good at? Um, and then um, some parents like to be very um, confidential mm -hmm. in offering information, so we, we can organise that behind the scenes. Others don't mind offering that up in front of their, their child. Yep. So yeah, that's what, what we do. And you take two very um, interesting uh, hats into this discussion about um, families, uh, working with families of students with additional needs. Um, so you, you're you know, a teacher who deals with students with additional needs. But can you tell me about your other hat as well? I've got the hat, parent hat yeah. as well. Um, when I have a daughter, and when she was three, mm -hmm. uh, she was diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. Um, these days, uh, well, you could have said Asperger's syndrome, mm -hmm. but now you have to go back and say yep. autism spectrum disorder. So she's 15 now, uh, going on 16 in a couple of days. Um, so yes, I've got a teacher hat and a parent hat. So I've experienced it from both mm. directions, I guess. Do you think that's informed how you think about this, having, having sat on both sides of the desk? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Because there's a lot of emotion. Mm. Um, uh, having a child with additional needs, um, any sort of transition, I mean, we had a, we were very fortunate, we had a very supportive primary school mm -hmm. and we were able to access funding so that there was access to an aid mm -hmm. all the way through primary school. Right. Unfortunately, well, my child is too capable, mm -hmm. cognitively too capable now, yeah. so there was no option for mm -hmm. any sort of aid support going into secondary. So that was really quite a scary mm. prospect. And then just the prospect of so many different classes, socialising, you know, going away from that more sheltered primary school environment mm. um, was actually quite traumatic for me mm. <laughs> as a parent. And I, and I know from my other friends who have children on the spectrum mm. um, that, yes, yeah, often for the parents it's, it's a quite a traumatic process. I think that's something I was really bad at, which is acknowledging the emotion that's in it for the family. I'd, uh, you know, because to me, you know, as a teacher who was, you know, talking to a parent who was going to come in, it wasn't an emotional thing for me. This is, you know, another time when I need to talk to a family about how I'm going to include their child. 
So I was always confronted when we'd be in the middle of a discussion, I'd be asking things that I thought were, you know, just standard things about what would happen in the day and the parents were visibly upset. I actually used to find it quite confronting. Oh, what do I do now? <laughs> There's emotion here. Yeah, it's understandable that if you haven't experienced it, Max, yep. it's not easy to to sort of get into the shoes of parents, I guess. Mm. But um, I think something that maybe people don't necessarily understand mm. is the fact that as parents, well, in my case as a parent of a child with an autism spectrum disorder, that we feel on the outer mm. because socially our children can't well they can't socialize as easily mm. and they actually can't cope with as many social activities yeah. outside of school or even in school mm -hmm. um, and what tends to happen or what has happened in my case mm. and even from talking to lots and lots of parents mm. um, because at one stage i was working with the positive partnerships initiative mm -hmm. um, which uh, runs workshops still does for parents and carers, so I met lots and lots of parents, um, is the fact that uh, we tend to gravitate towards each other mm. because we get it. Yeah. You know, we yeah. know how hard it is um, behind the scenes. We know that the simplest little trip to a restaurant yeah. can be a major drama. Um, birthday parties, my, my daughter couldn't cope with birthday mm. parties. She yeah. was afraid of the balloons popping. Yep. Because how do you know when a yes. balloon's mm. going yes. to pop? And she has real sensory sensitivities yep. to noise. So she would, I, I remember watching her, the other kids are all happily doing the disco and mm -hmm. playing with the balloons in the little kinder area. Yep. Yep. And my daughter was out on the play equipment on her own. Right. And the same at kindergarten when the other children were madly playing with the activities and so on um, around the kindergarten. Um, my daughter was outside as far away as possible looking for interesting sticks and leaves mm. and I think at those moments you it's hard mm. it's, you just you feel different yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes that's where the emotion yeah, sometimes comes in I think part of what you said there which I had never thought of before there's a parent community that builds up around classes and schools yeah and some of that's related to the interactions that students have with one another if your students have if your child's having a different set of interactions with the other children it's probably not as easy for you to be part of the, the you know community of parents that that's building up is that correct? yeah look especially for autism I mean mm. the greatest thing that happened to me when my daughter started prep was that one of the other parents of older children at the school came up introduced herself and said her name and who her children were and mm -hmm. she said welcome uh, I'd like to invite you to a coffee mm -hmm. session a few of us are gathering together yep. and I was able to get together with three other mothers of prep children mm -hmm. yep. but also these older women yep. as well or parents it wasn't mm -hmm. just women um, whose children were in at that stage grade four and grade five so they'd done some of the hard yards yep. mm -hmm. so we could actually have a sense of where it was all heading mm -hmm. And as it so happens, those those boys are still, you know, good friends of my daughter now. Yeah. Yeah. They're at university, but they're still good friends of my daughter. And it was just that sense of connection. Yes. Because as much as our children don't necessarily feel connected in all the time, as parents then, you tend to feel um, 
on the outer too because mm. you know a lot of people love going shopping for yeah. example let's go shopping yeah. yeah we don't like going shopping mm. <laughs> shopping centers have lots of noise and yeah. bright lights and people everywhere mm. and um so even at that very base level the things that we do mm. socially or even would like to do mm. um can be really restricted yeah, yeah so that can um and and comes a point you, you get a bit tired of always having to explain it, yeah. yes. going through your story again. Yeah. Yep. So there's comfort in actually being able to connect to people and go, oh, you know, yep. I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so, yes. What, what advice would you give then, given that, you know, we're saying emotions are a given part of the process. Um, what advice would you give to a teacher who's you know, um, communicating with a parent who's quite upset. What, what kind of things m make you feel more at ease yep. in a, a peer support group meeting yep. when, it, when it's difficult? How, 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 what's the best way to react to that? Yes, I, I remember vividly um, uh, a meeting which was all about applying for funding, mm. yep. in which you had to really think of worst case scenarios, yeah. right? And the big box of tissues was very welcome for yep. a start. Okay. Um, look, I think active listening yep. goes a long way. Um, having a sense that people are not glancing at their watches and yes. you know, looking at the clock, because it's really important. At the same time, I think it's important to set very clear guidelines yep. for PSG meetings, mm -hmm. otherwise it can easily get out yeah. of hand. Yes. yes. Yep. All right, so having a structure mm -hmm. is really good. I know at my school we've got uh, a real structure to the meetings, there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. Feedback from the teachers, but there's always an opportunity for the parent mm. yep. to give feedback. And I think just active listening, allow the parent to say what they need to say, yep. acknowledge that. And I suppose, yeah, if you've got some positive things to say, great. Yes. yes. Or just saying, we'll work on this together. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, um, and giving that sense, I think that whole idea of partnership, and you mentioned it. That yeah. whole idea of partnership is so important. That sort of virtual hand, yeah. you know, hand in hand um, approach is really important. Does your experience, I suppose, as a mother sitting in, say, PSG or parent meetings, and then now, s well, and then sitting in, in them as a teacher on the other side, does do, do you think your experiences have, cha have changed, or are you able to give? more empathy to parents, you know, while you're sitting in that room? Yes, because I think as, um, look, before I had my daughter, um, with all her complexity of, of I suppose, strengths and difficulties, yep. um, there was a tendency for me to be very focused on the academic side of things, yes. yep. you know. Yep. And of course, there's social stuff at school, but, yep. you know, okay, let's mm. just see what we've achieved academically. Yep. Yep. But you've got to be careful, I think, or mindful, that for the parent, news that their child has played with somebody yep. at yes. lunchtime can be amazing, you know, or that their child has come up and thanked you. They've, they've actually initiated that interaction and they've thought to thank you or they've thought to ask for help, mm -hmm. um, or they've been organised. Yep. Those things can be just mm. amazing yep. for parents. Um, so I guess we've got to be mindful of, or I'm more mindful now, 
of making sure that I'm aligning my goals mm. with the parents yes. as yep. well. Yep. Yep. I'm just checking backwards mm. and forwards, always checking, you know, what are the parents' goals? Because mm. yep. I suppose otherwise the assumption would be that, um, yeah, the academic goals are, are the ones that most families are looking to hear about. Yes, yes. So you would approach the meeting in, in a similar way to you would with other families without remembering there's a lot of other things that are on the table here. Yes, yeah. and it should be worked on other goals that, you know, like you said, that are playing with someone out in the yard that's incredibly important, mm. but probably not that gets brought up very often. No, and we tr look, we're lucky at our school, I guess, because we've got a large number of learning support officers mm. or integration aides, whatever you wish to call them, um, who go into classes who can give that kind of feedback, but also we encourage it from teachers too. Yep. You know, those sort of moments. Um, of interaction, of socialisation. Um, yes, it's not all about academics. Yeah. And I think too, remembering that things go beyond the boundaries of school, yeah. of the school walls yep. as well. Yep. Yeah. And do you think you've in influenced your colleagues in the environment you work with, with that communication with parents? I hope so. Yep, yep, yep. I hope so because I mean I have my bad days still. Yep. I mean yep. my daughter's nearly sixteen, but yep. the roller coaster ride continues. And I suppose I must admit I, d I have been um, I do PD sessions with our staff anyway. Yep. I have done um, to try to educate them to that, and I share not too much. Otherwise, I think my colleagues will be disturbed. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just share some of the things that go on at home because as my daughter would say, um, children with um, ASD tend to have a, p a very good poker face. Mm -hmm. So uh, as a parent, one of the most jarring things I found was, oh, but she was fine at school. She yeah. was happy. Mm. Oh, there was no problem at school. And unfortunately, that can be the, the student with ASD just holding it all mm. in, yep. just not wanting to show anything until they get home and yeah. absolutely explode. So if you haven't, if you haven't got open lines of communication mm. um, between home and school, then you really can't make that connection. And mm. it's extremely valuable for teachers to know that, right, well, let's backtrack yep. after that incident. Was there a reason? What, what went on? Yep in the days leading up to that. Um, even to start making or encouraging parents to start making a bit of a diary. And you might find that it's something like art okay. or it might be sport yeah. where they don't yeah. want to change. You know, it can be things like that. And that way you can, with the help of parents and their feedback, you can work backwards mm. to inform your teaching and the way you're doing things at school. So um, I think that's important and useful as well. Yeah. Yep. I was really interested in your discussion around having a clear agenda for a PSG meeting. You mentioned that there's always a period for a parent to share what they have to say. What else makes up that agenda? Because I'm really interested in you know this idea of how to make the most of that precious time that you have together. Well, right. Well, first of all, revisiting um, what was talked about last mm -hmm. time. Yep. We invite teachers. Mm -hmm. um, at our school to come and attend, the school psychologist, mm -hmm. um, pastoral care teacher, and the head of house. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a large group mm -hmm. yep. um, that are invited to attend. And learning support officer as mm -hmm. well, okay. um, they're invited to attend. 
And then for teachers who um, perhaps are unable to attend, yep. we circulate a couple of weeks in advance a template um, requesting okay. well, what, have, what have been your goals for mm -hmm. that student? Um, you know, what's one achievement? Mm. You know, what things do we still need to work on? That, that kind of thing, yeah. yep. inviting that kind of feedback. So we've got something very concrete mm -hmm. to show the parents. Yep. So we tend to start off with that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's a positive built into that too, mm -hmm. which yep. I think is important, and go through, set it all out, and then invite the parent now. Do you have any mm. feedback or do you have any concerns that you'd like to raise? Um, that way we know, we know that we're going to communicate in the most streamlined way, mm. um, information from as broad a range of people as we can. Yep. Um, we can have a very good idea about how long that's going to take mm -hmm. yep. because we, you need to also be careful to allow the parent time. Mm. Yep. Because I, I, I found it frustrating mm. when I've had to go either squash things into a mm -hmm. five-minute space yep. when it's actually very heartfelt, emotional mm. stuff that I need to share or I'm anxious about. Mm. Um, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that there's good time management, mm. yep. yeah. I think. And there's always the option to perhaps reschedule. Well, look, can, would you like to see... Can we set up a meeting mm -hmm. with the school counsellor? Can yep. we... Do you know what I mean? That yep. can come from there. But I think it's important. And I think, look, I can, I can say this as I'm a parent of someone with ASD, but um, sometimes parents too, the parents of the children, can also have their issues and they, mm. need, mm. to, they need to have a good structure yes. to yep. work with. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and they need to have an expectation. Mm. And also, they're often really busy, yep. as yes. are the teachers. Mm. So you, I think it's good to have it pretty clear. How do you make it feel well? Because you want the family to feel comfortable yes. to share as much as possible. Yep. But that idea of getting a, a large group of yeah. professionals together yep. can feel a little intimidating, can't it, to sit on the other side of the table from this massive group that have come to tell me things? Yes, I think you've got to use... You, you've got to use a bit of judgement. Mm -hmm. I mean... Um, our school tends to foster pretty close relationships yep. with yep. parents anyway. Yep. So there's been a bit of groundwork mm. before that point in any case. And there will have been, if there's, if there's excuse me, been something sensitive yep. prior to the PSG, for sure it would have, there would have been some discussion. Yep. So it's not the first opportunity. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. yep. it's not a good idea to, mm. to surprise the parent yeah. in the yes. moment, yeah. especially not with bad news. Yeah. So that, I think it's really important to have forewarning and mm. that would always happen. And that yep. would happen probably in a more one-on-one -on -one yes. situation. in yeah. a more intimate way, yeah. that's yeah. right, okay. for sure. No, that's interesting because I was thinking something similar because mm. most of my meetings with parents have been almost the parent, myself and assistant principal, like in, in terms of a primary mm. setting. So then to have more teachers, support staff, you mm. know, it could be quite a big group. And I've heard people describe that as having been ambushed. Yes. They felt as though they walked into this meeting, they weren't even aware how many people were going to be yep. there. Yep. And then were delivered a string of bad news. Um, and yeah, just felt shattered yep. by the whole experience. Yep. I think, um, I guess I can feel pretty lucky in the way that it's structured. Mm -hmm. I think it's in the structure of the yep. way that it's done. Yep. That the feedback templates from our teachers are structured such that there's got to be some good news. Yes, yes. And it's in a very matter-of-fact way. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
but also the fact that we've got head of house structure, we've got pastoral care mm. teacher structure, and then learning support, head of learning support. Yeah. Um, there's a you know a system in place for ensuring that no, that's not going to be the first time that yeah. yes. going to hear yes. about some yes. really bad news. Yes. And so we would always be sensitive to, to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that was key to me, the idea that um, anything um, difficult that's going to be brought up yes. brought up beforehand yes. and in a yes. sensitive way so there's processing time. Um, and that's more useful too because mm. it means when the PSG actually happens, um, parents are able to respond yes. with some reflection yes. about what, what they think could you know, help. Issue. Mm, no, I think it's a really good point to you know to to, to be talking to pe you know to parents as it happens and mm. and yeah in those meetings that there's no surprises or even thinking back to when you hand out your reports you know to whether it's parents you know with a learning disability or general parents if there's surprises in there you know that can be something that really takes parents back so having the opportunity to talk about things throughout the year and then those meetings hopefully can be um, you know, you're, you're talking about the really important stuff and not about the, that piece of news mm. that's totally mm. sideswiped that and important look, I, meeting. I think the way around that too, and I go back to primary school with my daughter where she had a communication book. Mm. Yep. Now, it doesn't have to be. It's not about writing essays. Yep. Um, it's just an opportunity for parents to say, tonight... Uh, we lost our favourite piece of Lego, yeah. or you know, whatever, um, or the dog died. There's one thing that happened in our case, mm -hmm. um, so that you feed that back to yeah. the teacher. Yep. Um, or to say, um, have there been? We're having a terrible time at home. We're yep. having meltdowns. Mm. She's thrown all her books from her bookshelf. True story, actually. What's been going on at mm. school? Yep. Um, so I think to have that opportunity, mm. and we had that all the way through primary school. So that ensures that on a day-to-day -day basis, there are going to be no major surprises yes. in a sense. Yes. That things yes. are going to be dealt with at the time. Yep. And also at our secondary school, we do invite that into play mm. as well. So yep. if there's a major issue, the parents will be contacted. Mm. Yep. It's, not, it's yes. not held up to yes. Yes. PSG, yes. 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 importantly. Yep. I've worked with communication books before as well. Um, but I, and I don't feel like it's been that long ago that I last taught, but I think there's been a shift for a lot of communication to be digital now. Have you had the experience of the kind of information that might have gone in a communication book being an email or some other mechanism? Is that common now? I know that I've got friends who do it via mm -hmm. email. Yep. I, I don't really think it matters. Mm. I think from the point of view of busy teachers yes. and being a teacher, I know. Yeah. Uh, email's great. Mm. Yes. I don't think it matters. Mm. Yep. I think what is handy and what I actually did use was to keep the communication book and look back on it. Oh, yeah. And you can actually track behaviours, mm -hmm. things that you might that might not seem obvious yep. Yep. at the time. Um, and um, <coughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's quite. It can be quite a, quite enigmatic with um, autism. Mm. Um, but you can start to look for patterns mm. and then you can say, well, what's been happening? What's happened on those days? Yeah. Oh, there was a replacement teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the kids aren't behaving very well in the class. <laughs> My daughter hates that. Um, with the replacement teachers, it's often that the kids don't behave the way that yeah. they would with the yes. normal classroom yes. teacher. Not even the replacement teacher, which is bad enough. 
Um, so things like that, um, which which then are, again, as I say, it's a cyclic thing because you can then feed that back to the teacher and say, look, perhaps next time when you're going to have a change of teacher or if you're going on a PD, could you just let me know? Can yes. you shoot me an email mm. yes. a day or two in advance? Or yep. if you're sick, mm. even shoot me an email yeah. that morning yep. Yep. so I can let my daughter know. Yep. Uh, even now, at the age of almost 16, my daughter gets really upset um, if there's something scheduled, even a test, believe it or not. If the test's meant to be today and it doesn't, it doesn't happen, happen. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to go down well. But yeah. you'll never yeah. see it at school. Right. No. You so will not see it at school. Yep. I will see it at home. Mm. Um, so that's where they come in handy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But no, digital's good. Yeah. I think it is really good, actually. You know that it's as a teacher, it's really hard to get to the phone. You know whether yeah. it's through the day. There's always things that happen, and and I know as much as phone calls are crucial, but if it's something that could be quickly put in an email that that you could read at a certain moment, and hopefully before you know um, a parent's seen their child, mm. you know. And look, obviously, if it's crucial and mm. you know really important, that phone call you know will happen. But if it's something that yeah you know I'm, I'm not going to be in tomorrow or in a couple of days as a pd i think that mm. you know c regular communication is so important i think too the other thing as a parent sometimes something as simple as worked really well today mm -hmm. yes yes that positive you know, worked cooperatively with a friend yeah. that can just lift you mm -hmm. it's just fantastic and it's only a few words yeah. I know that we're all busy but it's only a few words to type the other thing is that that then provides it does provide some data if you want mm -hmm. to look back yep yep and information I suppose for, for handover at the end yep. of the year that you can then look back on that email trail um, at both ends really um, both parties have got documentation yes. of what's gone on so if, it's handy. If you have that uh, say a piece of good news from that day that maybe you've heard with your daughter that's you know she's worked well or there's been that that moment does that con does that then also turn into a conversation that night you know and and does she then maybe feel proud of that those achievements like does that does that conversation maybe change things Yeah as well? it can do uh, because I mean look my daughter probably is more likely to share things yep. mm -hmm. but many of the boys just won't I yep. think boys in general yes. you know how was day good everything go yeah <laughs> so um, very simple responses I think in general yep. but particularly uh, kids on the spectrum um, sometimes you know with bullying and things like that uh, they're not actually capable or they don't find it easy to actually articulate exactly what, what went on either. Yep. Um, mm. So if you've got a little bit of a clue that something's happened, then parents um, might have tools like social stories or whatever mm. that they can use at home to, to kind of get to the bottom of it. Yep. Um, so, yeah... I think it's yes, but celebrating things. You're right. That's a that's a good point. And yeah, and not just to look back on, but also to have that moment at home. You know where this is what happened today, and how great's that? Yeah. Because then you can reinforce it yeah, too, exactly. and you can use it as spring as mm. a springboard. Yeah. And and mm. opportunity for growth yeah. from yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So Kate, if we look back at our big question, which is yep. how do you have the most effective conversations with families of students with additional needs? Yep. What do you think you've taken out of today? that might be a clue to help you 
answer that question? Um, look, I think that, you know, regular communication, you know, I think is really important. Um, I like before when Jaden spoke about um, the active listening, you mm -hmm. know, really just teachers we love to talk and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's, it, it's, it's a good thing, but also mm. it has its bad, you know, bad, um, you know, negative things with it mm. associated. But I think that active listening, listening to parents, letting them, you know, in the conversations they're having with you, um, you know, just that, that, I suppose that debrief that they might need to, to get some things off their chest. Um, but also, yeah, talking about those positive achievements, you know, those mm. moments that have happened. And I think it's good for us as teachers to share those things, but it's also really important for parents to hear those positive things because I don't think they hear them all that often, mm. you know. To me, I think some of the descriptions around how you run peer support group meetings is really instructive to me. Yep. Um, I think I they used to come on me as a surprise <laughs> and I, I didn't do the preparation that I think would have helped significantly. So sensitively communicating something that might be difficult well before the meeting so that it can be discussed in a, in a, in a more reflective way at a meeting would have been really useful. Yes. Um, and and I know you and even said it in passing, but just the, the idea that the tissue box is welcome, yes. I, think, I think is um, a, a key that I really um, could have used quite a bit when I, when I experienced peer support group meetings. Um, Jane, what do you think the... Again, I know it's a huge question, but if you were to try your best to answer it in, in a short way, how do you think um, we can have the most effective conversations with families and students with additional needs? Uh, I think to make them feel that they are part of a partnership, mm -hmm. yep. that we're working together um, to make them feel validated. And I think one thing that's... I've found really quite not only jarring but I've actually felt quite emotional about it on numerous occasions along the way is this is comments along the lines of you know you're an over vigilant parent you mm -hmm. need to just you know step back yeah give them space yeah and I think um, as as a partnership develops and as parents gain confidence mm -hmm that there is that partnership in place, yep. that you are willing to communicate, that you're walking beside the parent and their child, they can then start to relax mm -hmm. and yep. start to step back a bit. Because remember, the parents have got a long history behind mm. them. Yes. Many of them have been burned, as you mentioned, Kate, yep. um, and some quite badly. But many of them have a pretty difficult time on a daily basis. So they need to build trust mm. and they need to feel that, yes, gradually. And I know with my daughter, I feel very confident um, at her current secondary school because, A, I've got communication with the, yep. the teachers mm -hmm. and, B, I see her being encouraged to take responsibility herself. Mm. So, yay, I can now start to move back as a parent. Um, but... I've had to be, as many parents or most parents of children with ASD have to be, a personal assistant or an executive secretary yep. just to get our kids through the day, just to help them with their organisation and so on. Um, so, yeah, sorry, that was a long answer. No, that's, no, a, that's a great no, answer. That's good. Yep. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been really interesting. Yeah, I've, yeah really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jane. Yep. A pleasure. Thank you. The Teacher Learning Network podcast is hosted by Kate Chinner and Max Grarock. 
The Teacher Learning Network is the not-for-profit teacher professional development organisation that's supported by the Australian Education Union's Victorian branch and the Independent Education Union's Victoria Tasmania branch. We produce online and face-to-face professional learning opportunities for educators in schools and early childhood services. We also publish books, magazines and apps to support the education community. To view a calendar of our courses and find out more about our resources, please visit our website at www.tln.org.au. The Teacher Learning Network is a membership-based organisation. Schools and early childhood services join the TLN to support the individual professional learning needs of their staff. Once members, all staff can participate in our professional learning at no extra charge. To find out more about joining, visit www.tln.org.au forward slash join. If your school is a member of the Teacher Learning Network, you can produce a certificate recording your engagement with this podcast. These are great pieces of evidence for your professional learning records. You can generate a certificate by visiting www.tln.org.au forward slash podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback or input about the issues we've discussed today or any other suggestions for future podcasts. Please email any feedback or suggestions through to me via max at tln.org.au. If you like this podcast, please rate or review it in your podcast app. It helps us reach more teachers. Have a great day and you'll hear from us again in a couple of weeks.